Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to see you again, Tom. Hey, good to see you. I'm glad to be here. So tell me, tell me, some people in the village have called you with questions. Is that what I hear? They do. They do. Uh, I've had a recent call about what is a mosquito. They, they, it's bugs that fly around along the lakeside. What is a you. mosquito? What is a mosquito? Well, to tell you the truth, Dennis, I think a mosquito is a pest. A pest. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want a mosquito I, to me is kind of like a chigger. I don't know what their purpose is <laughs> other than just a. When Noah was loading up the ark, he could have left those off. Definitely, definitely. Wouldn't yeah. have missed them. Wouldn't have missed them at all. And, Wouldn't have missed them. Yeah, and the, and the chiggers too. But yeah, they, they're definitely a problem. Well, for those of you that don't know, it's our regular guest, Mr. Todd Knowles. Todd, it's great having you back again. Hey, it's things, great to be here. Things have been changing quickly. Uh, you're not who you used to be. Is that fair enough? I'm not. I'm not. I uh, changed. Uh, well, I guess you might say that I've added a little bit to, to my title. Well, you were the assistant street manager and the common properties guy last time we met, assistant street manager, if I can, or Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, I was. Now cool. I'm the uh, lake superintendent, common property, forestry, and uh, dams and spillways and wildlife. Wow. So we've kind of combined all that. And we had Brad with us that we dearly love, but Brad's yeah. going on to another job in Little Rock, and I think he's doing just absolutely great. But, yeah. but that said bringing all these under one umbrella just makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it? It, it does. And, you know, and I thank Ken and, 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 uh, and Kelly for having the confidence and faith in me to be able to do the job successfully, you know, and, uh, so far it's going, it's going great. It's going great. Well, well let's, let's dive in because you know, what's happening this next month, Cortez Lake is being drained down some and, and we're going to do what, 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 why do we even do that? Well, we're going to dredge Cortez. October the 4th, the, the, the valve, we're going to open the valve, and uh, we'll probably start mechanically dredging first of November. Uh, we dredge the lakes simply because of the silt and, uh, and debris that's washed into the lakes uh, throughout the years. So we try to but, do it every seven years. they look good. Years. They look good. Why do we have to go in the coves? And it's the coves primarily, right? It, it is. It is. And they do. They look good from the surface, but under the surface, you know, it goes to shallowing up. Uh, from all the debris and the silt that's washed in. And, you know, that's something that we've taken, uh, we've taken another step in is to looking to trying to fix the erosion that's coming into our lakes. So, uh, so we wouldn't be steps. having to dig silt out of the lake if we didn't have erosion coming into the lake. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have some, 
but you're not going to have near as much as what we have right now. You know, if we take the proper steps and, and, and come up with ideas to, to stop some of our biggest erosion spots that we have. And, and we're looking into that. Hopefully, uh, you know, within the next year or two, we can, uh, we can definitely uh, do some work to that to try to get that improved. Well, you know, Brad asked me to do some uh, drone shots of Panada when they were doing Lake Panada last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, had Panada had never been dredged before, had it? It hadn't, no. No. And I, I, I remember flying the drone over, you know, from the shore, you say, well, there's some material and there's some whatever. And I remember flying the drone over and thinking, this is a biblical amount of material. There oh, are yeah. hundreds of dump trucks here. And it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of when do we finish it? It's a matter of how much can we possibly do? Because I, I just kept thinking this number one, this has never been done before. And I think from, from like now look at the lake, you think, well, this is gorgeous and wonderful. And it is, but you don't realize in some places it's just three and four feet deep. Right. And that's what does yeah, that do yeah. to the ecology of the lake? What, what, what happens? Well, one thing, you can't get your boats up and, and, and you know, a bunch of people can't even get their boats in their docks because they're coves are filled. Oh, up in shallow coves. Up in shallow coves. So, you know, I think that after we, you know, we go out and we probe the lake to see what coves need to be dredged. See which which, which is just up. taking a rod and sticking down through it. It is. And measuring, you know, from the top of the water to, to where your debris and your, your silt is. And, and so we've calculated it and, uh, so on Cortez alone, we have to remove a little over 25,000 yards of, of, of seal. 25,000 yards. 25,000 yards. Let's break this down. A dump truck is 10 yards? Right, 10 to 12. So that's that several dump in. truck loads. Let that sink in, people. Let that sink in. When was the last time Cortez was done? Uh, it was done in... Uh, six or seven years ago. So that would have been, Oh yeah. It was on the same cycle as DeSoto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was DeSoto then Cortez and, and, and and for what it's worth, but people that don't know that don't live on the lake, one of the issues is you want to draw down the lake because that's the opportune time to work on docks, seawalls, all other kinds of maintenance. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and lots of people do that. They, you know, they got cracks in their seawall. They want to get them fixed. Uh, while the lake's draw down, it's just the perfect time to get, get whatever repairs whatever maintenance you need done uh, completed while the lake's down. Well, Todd, we talk a lot. We talk a lot about different things. You and I are always got something to chat about. And I've always wanted to ask you this. What does drawing down to the the lake do to the ecology of the lake? Are there smaller or fewer small fish against the shore because we do it in the winter? Or I mean, I literally don't have a clue. Well, actually we have to wait until the winter before we do any dredging before we draw the lake down simply because the colder the water is the more oxygen it keeps in the water oh. therefore it doesn't hurt the fish okay so well you may have just answered a question i've always wondered hot beautiful hot summer days it's wonderful here i love it i'll have 12 inch long bass swimming six inches eight inches from the shoreline Right. Is yeah. that because the water is so warm and they're looking for oxygen or, or what? I, yeah, they, they just they, they come up in shallow water during during the, the summertime just simply because of the temperature of the water. And then mm-hmm. if it gets if the, if the water gets real hot on top, then you'll see them go down deeper where the water's cooler. Really? Mm-hmm. OK, so this dredging. Uh, how long have we, have we been doing this dredging for 20 years or last 10 years? Or I, it seems like it's just been the last 10 years or so. Yeah. We, we've been doing dredging now for 
Oh, ever since I can remember, 20, okay. 25 years. Okay. Uh, we didn't do it as much, uh, but we, we have done it. We've never done, you know, we just started doing the, I guess you would say the, the hydraulic dredging the last five or six years. Well, That's and let's break this out real quick because I, I have, you know, properties here on the lake and I see what other people are doing. It's, it's very fascinating. And I, I you know, I, I have learned a great deal of compassion for the whole idea of dredging because we're going to take dirt from under the ground, under the muddy soil, and we're going to take it out and haul it out and put it somewhere else and hope it doesn't come back down in the lake. And All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, if, if it were me, if it were me and you asked me where I thought erosion was a problem, I would tell you on the East end, they've got lots mm-hmm. that they bulldoze completely. They've got lots of new construction. They put up those little plastic pieces of vapor barrier type thing to keep the silt out. But that looks like it would be a, a breeding ground to fill in the lake because there's so much potential. So, I mean, we get a six inch rain, a five inch rain. That little plastic's not going to stop a whole lot of rain. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's just the it's it's disturbed soil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here on the West End, we don't have that much. So where does the erosion come from here on this end? Doesn't matter from your mouth, all your leaves and your debris and dirt. Really, eroding from the from from the ground itself. Uh, and you're right. And on the east end, we uh, actually we have started kind of getting a little bit uh, more. Uh, I guess you, you can say that we've started getting harder on on some of our builders about about the uh, erosion issues and, and the precautions that they need to take whenever they clear a lot. Uh, you know, some of them don't put anything. Yeah. And, and that, you know, how that is on disturbed ground where there's no grass or anything, you get a big rain, it's down in the lake. So, uh, so yeah, we've started getting, you know, we've started getting a little harder on them about, uh, kind of pressuring them a little bit about getting more, more types of, uh, erosion control measures up whenever they, well, and, and I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not trying to be hard on anybody. I'm really not. I just realized, you know, on this end, maybe I cut a tree that's dead, you know, uh-huh. so what? But but there are just leaves and natural debris that fall in there. There he is. They I mean, you live in a forest. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. live in a forest. Well, and and for example, I tell people here on DeSoto, I'm going to give away my big fishing secret. Are you ready? Here's the big fishing <laughs> secret. Down by Los Logos, from the Waypoint Marina on the south side of the lake, all the way over to the police department, all the way over to to um, the road, whatever that is, Carmona. Mm-hmm. That entire side of the lake has not been touched in 50 years because that is that's it's cooper's reserve land trees stags lay everything i've lost two anchors in those coves up there because that i think that's the nursery for the entire lake because that's where all the stags and leaves and 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 logs have fallen in yeah we don't dredge that area because number one it's not a cove per se but number two i mean that's the natural that's the natural environment for the fish to grow my environment right down here looks like barren soil under the, under the <laughs> lake you know i i need some cedar yeah. trees if you get my drift you know yeah i hear so you it's just the it's the profile and so forth so yeah. uh carrying off did you say twenty five thousand yards? 25 a little over twenty five thousand yards of, of silt and materials what we're going to take out of Cortez. Okay, we're going to take it out and we're going to do what with it? We're just going to pile it up and hope it doesn't come back down in the lake? No, no. Actually, we're going to, uh, you know, I've got a project that I'm working on off Highway 5 with a power company built a power line 
that's kind of unsightly and I'm going to have to have lots and lots of, uh, of uh, field dirt in there to, to build that to where I can get it mowed and get seated and straw. And so so you're, talking about, you're talking about the, the Balboa gate uh-huh. uh, where highway five, basically Entergy came in and reworked their easement is exactly. what they did. That's and, what they've done. And, and a lot of people were like, they're cutting the trees and why this is ugly and blah, 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 blah. And the bottom line is, is that they were doing it. Entergy is renowned for having problems in the central and east end of the village with, with power yeah. supply. It, it, it's ridiculous. So they ran redundant lines and, and additional lines right through the Balboa gate. They had to bulldoze some of that stuff. They had to uh, bulldoze. They had to clear cut it. It's not very attractive. But you're telling me you're, you're going to put topsoil or, or fill dirt from there, from here, yeah, from gonna- Cortez into that and then maybe seed it or just stabilize the yeah, ground? Yeah, we'll, what, we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll take that in there. And, and, you know, of course, it's going to be wet. We'll take a dozer and spread it out and let it dry and spread it out and let it dry. You know, we'll have some good field dirt in there. When we get it fixed and shaped the way we want it to, then I'll come in and I'll seed it and straw it with some, maybe some wildflowers, some clover, some rye, and make it, you know, aesthetically pleasing coming into our village yeah, from so- Highway 5 there. So it's not going to be ugly there from here. No, on. no, it's, it'll be taken by next spring. It'll look, it'll look really good. Well, and, and then, well, I, I just, just interject one thing real quick. A lot of times people go, well, you know, we cut down the trees. Well, the trees are a 20 year project, putting some, some natural wildflowers back down there. That's a six month, five month project. And then you can mow that up. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, and we can plant some grasses there too, to where, my tractors can get in there and mow during the summer when it gets overgrown, keep it maintained and keep it looking nice. Well, and stabilize uh, the soil. Know, so it and stabilize run, the soil. And so, so it doesn't run back down into the Lake Bible, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then whatever I don't, whatever I don't <clears> use there, actually, uh, I've talked to, uh, the owner of Park Avenue material, Andrew Moore, and he's going to take, uh, he's going to take a bunch of the field that we, that we get out of our lakes too. Well, that's, and you know what they actually, uh, Brad actually here on Sierra, they pushed an enormous amount, just pushed it back up onto some green space, some common property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when I need to fill up my, 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 uh, my gardening bucket, I'm like, hang on, let me just go get a couple of shovels fulls. It's great stuff. Cause it's, Oh yeah, it'll grow. It'll grow just about anything quickly. And, uh, so that's, you know, that's some of the things that we're looking into. Uh, just use, we're, we're trying to, what we get out, we're wanting to, uh, to use it somewhere. Yeah. Instead of wasting it, we're wanting sure. to use it somewhere or give it away. And that way we don't have to pay for somebody to come in and haul it. That's yeah, the main yeah. thing. Well, and the uh, price of fuel, the price, all the, everything, everything's more expensive. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. easier to have if, if they can reuse it into something else, why, why, of course, why not? Right. As opposed exactly. to just exactly. refilling it somewhere. Uh, when do you think we'll be bringing Cortez back up? Uh, it'll be no later than the end of February. Really? We're going, yeah. We're going to try to get in there and get it out. Of course, we we like to have it drawn down for uh, a couple of months anyway for, for people to, not just for us to dredge, but but for people to get work done that they want to get done on their docks or their seawalls or their, you know, and that gives them plenty of time to get their work done. Then we start, we start raising the lake back up. Well, provided it's not raining all the time, right? So exactly. That, exactly. Yeah. You know, that has a lot to do with it too, so. But so, yeah, no later than February. Well, so let's talk about the different kinds of dredging. Basically, it's it's a uh, and and we 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 had uh, over here on the dam this last year. They basically put out a huge bladder, sucked up silt, put it in the bladder, and let the water run out and kind of caught it. To, what what is that called? That's hydro dredging. That's where they suck the stuff up, put it in these big. They call them dewatering bags. 
they put them in dewatering and they put them in these bags and the water comes out of the bags and material stays in it and it dewaters it and allows the material to dry out. But then you got to go back in and you got to remove these big bags that, that they have laying all these different places. Uh, and the hydro dredging is very, 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 very expensive. Really? It's yeah, it's it's very expensive. And and uh, you, you do hydro dredging where and why as opposed to they've been doing the hydro dredging in the coves that, that, that have needed it, uh, that you can't that we can't get to mechanically oh. with, with our with our machines that we take it out mechanically and the coves that, that need dredge that we can't get to, then they take they've been going in and hydro dredging those coves and, and taking the silt out running it up. I think they could run it up 200 feet, 250 feet. Really? Well, I, and, and I, let, let's, let's, let's dig a little further down, but at, at, at a five mile high view again, <clears throat> part of what's going on, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the area I'm talking about here on Sierra, there's a little mm-hmm. cove. There's a great big uh, uh, green space that the POA owns that they just push the material back up onto. Well, great. Yeah. Well, some of these coves you need to get to, you don't own the green space behind them, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. And so then you have to you have to do alternate measures of dredging, you know. And, and another thing, you know, you can hydro dredge while the while the lake's full. Uh, it don't have to be down. You can go in while the lake's full and hydro dredge. But it's just the cost is so tremendous. It's just the it's just the cost is is, is very very it's very expensive to hydro dredge. Well, let me ask this: so hydro dredge versus mm-hmm. uh, just the skidders pushing it up out of the place and trying to haul it off? Uh, how expensive is that? Well, you know, mainly your 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 skid steers that we use to mechanically dredge with. Uh, that's that's mainly just a, a rental cost. Oh. Uh, your hydro and rental. Yeah, your hydro dredge is usually at the least a hundred dollars a yard. A yard. A yard. Yeah, that's the cheapest I have found, and that's just wow. a dredge. And that's not to take it. That's not counting your dredge bags and your suction times and all that. That's just to get them to come in here and dredge a hundred dollars a yard. So if you were to hydro dredge Cortez, it would be millions. It would be probably. I think the, the cost I have whenever I turned it in yesterday about the about the yardage that we that we wanted to try to get out, the cost on Cortez to hydro dredge it's the cheapest I found was seven hundred twenty five thousand. So wow, wow! So obviously that's where we're looking for other methods, right? Right, right. We're looking for other options. Well, and and basically to to ways to keep the 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 infiltration from coming in anyway right i mean right yeah yeah that that stops the problem at the first place yeah it, it does and and you know there's <laughs> there's other hey there's other options out there to reach the codes that we can't get to there's other options there and and you know we'll work on that i'll come up with a with a different solution you know and, and uh, you know of course i gotta talk to kelly about it and get approval but we but we're, we're looking at other options to make sure that so the people out there that have codes that they know we can't get to mechanically, don't worry. We're going to just because I say we're not probably not going to hide your dredge don't mean we're not going to get your code. We're going to get your code. Yeah. It may just be another method that we're going to use to do it. Well, let, let me let me jump in here just for a second and talk to the property owners. If 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 uh, 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 Todd calls, if somebody calls from the POA and they would like to ask access to your property, please grant them access to your property. And they're, they're calling out of respect. They're not just going to say, well, we're the POA and we're coming here to, to go through your land or whatever. And, and every time I've worked with you guys, 
anytime you needed access and I granted access, I couldn't even tell you'd been there. I mean, it was, you were as nice to the ground as you possibly could. I actually offered to Brad on a piece of property we had over on our Dorcation trace on Balboa. Uh, one of the infiltration points, I was like, if you want to build, build a catch basin here, if you want to put riprap and, and a, a, a block to try and catch that, that sediment, you're welcome to please, that'll be fine. So my yeah. point is Lake shore owners, shoreline owners, property owners, you can be helpful in this. We don't, it, it won't harm you in any way. It can be helpful to the overall good. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And, and if we do, if we do track it up or whatever, we'll go back, smooth it out, seed it, straw it, wherever we have to, you know, if, if, if we do something like that. Well, sometimes, uh, well, especially with lakes, I mean, you can get there or you can't. It's just that simple. Yeah. Just some really hub tough to get to places. And, well, and the, the, the problem with Cortez is you, you have so many steep places around your coves that there's no way you can get to with a machine, you know. Well, and most people don't recognize, you know, most creek beds, river beds, lakes, which is, you know, what, what we're on has a steep side and a, and a flat side. You know, there will be like, yeah. for example, Coronado is the classic example. The south side of Coronado is not flat, but it's it's not steep. It's it's just a gradual runoff into the to the lake. The north side of Cortez, Coronado, on the other hand, is some steep land and same thing. Oh, with yeah. Cortez, Cortez mm-hmm. the sort north side of Cortez is steep, steep, steep in some places. Yeah. Uh, like throw you a rope kind of steep, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we did get our dams mowed. Uh, all of our lake dams have been mowed and, uh, and cleaned up. So, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're catching up. We're catching up. Man. Well, and I wanted to break these shows up into segments and that's what we're going to do yeah. for, for the dredging and, and re- reducing the lake. It's Dennis Simpson. Randy will be back. I promise. Mr. Cognos, <laughs> thanks for joining us. And we'll hey, see thank y'all. you. Oh, we'll see you next time, buddy. Thanks for listening to another episode of hot Springs village inside out a podcast where hot Springs village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com. And tell a friend.